0: what's up hawklings it's tony from electric talk here we have a very very special episode for you today a few weekends ago my co-host sean traveled out to new york to electric zoo festival and he got to sit down with the myth the legend the melodic dubstep king himself ace aura if you don't know who ace aura is he has been rising the ranks of the melodic rhythm and melodic dubstep uh field he's released with records such as disciple uh he's good friends with our friend chime he is just an overall talented producer that is coming up and should be checked out so we're gonna pass it on over to sean at electric zoo and travel back to the past with our man ace aura
1: what's up hawklings we're here at Electric Zoo live, and uh, got a very special guest today. you have got one of melodic rhythms' up-and-coming artists, I would say. We got Orr here. Hello, what's up? Um, how you been? How was how was your set, first of all?
2: It was really good. Um, I didn't really know what to expect, seeing as this was like my first big festival I was playing. But I really enjoyed like just the crowd's energy, and like it was crazy how many people came to see my set. Like I didn't really expect that, so it was definitely a blessing. It was so much fun.
1: Yeah, and you got your set moved, like, two times today.
2: Yeah, I mean, it kind of worked out. I mean, um, just due to, like, flight complications and stuff, sets got moved around. I happened to be here on time this time, as opposed to what happened at Forbidden Kingdom. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, I got to play... Originally, I was supposed to play at 1. Set got moved to 2.45, so it was a little bit better of a set time, and it it definitely worked out. I'm glad the way it uh, turned out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to ask about your set at Forbidden Kingdom before, but that crowd at your set just today was... Pretty, pretty insane.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it was intense. Like, I love the energy that festivals have, as far as just like a big group of people all together. Like, small shows are fun too, because it feels more intimate. But like, there's nothing like that compares to like a huge group of people all together, just like having fun. So.
1: Oh yeah. Um. So let me ask about Forbidden Kingdom, because I know you had a flight delay, and then you went back to back with Vandals. Can you tell me a little about that? Like how that like worked.
2: Yeah, it was really interesting. It was a very interesting day. So I got to the airport early in the morning after playing a show the night before to catch a flight and get on the plane. They're like, hey, we're not going to leave for another hour after a scheduled time because of weather. And I was like, dang, that sucks. And then I realized that my connecting flight was supposed to be it was supposed to be a thing originally where I got off of that flight and then I re- like immediately went to the next flight because it was like 30 minutes until that one took off. And so I realized at that point I was going to miss my connecting flight. And so um, I was stuck in Dallas, weirdly enough, that's where I'm from, um, and I just like didn't know what to do because I couldn't make my connecting flight. And then um, my fiancé actually was looking online just to see what flights were available, and I was too. She found the Spirit flight, and I was like, cool, I'll just like take that over there because it would allow me to get there like just before my set started, so I'd make it like just in time. I booked that one, and then that flight immediately gets delayed, and so I was like, are you kidding me? And I get there like two minutes after my set ends, oh, it, it was the God. worst but my manager was like scouting around kind of like messaging different artists that we had already like built a relationship with and then vandals responded and said yeah they can do a back-to-back with my set so we did that and it was fun he's great yeah did
1: they originally just do like a solo set before and then they just did a back-to-back with you
2: yeah they had a solo set and they were kind enough to just let me back-to-back for like half of their set oh it was nice great. yeah
1: nice all right well that's pretty nice. cool i mean speaking of back-to-backs you've have a couple of friends that you know you you bought up one of your friends today um and obviously you promoted some of your songs a lot um you have like two versions of one song apparently with uh oh, millennial trash right or that one uh
2: i have two versions of Nodden. yeah there's nah, not in, in. and yeah, there's not what what two was... yeah
1: yeah not in two that yeah. one's fire, by the way
2: yeah millennial trash is great he's been a close friend of mine for a long time in the scene he actually brought me to my first show so like Um, He's just been like a really great friend to me and kind of like helped me like navigate the scene and like playing shows and going to shows and all that stuff. So, James, you're awesome.
1: (laughs) It's a great name by the way, James, if you're listening to
2: this.
1: (laughs) Um, You have a bunch of collabs with him. Um, Who is that that you brought up today again?
2: Skybreak. Yeah, I brought up Skybreak on stage. I was playing a few of his tracks and uh, he's the one kind of housing me for this weekend because he lives in the area so i brought him up on stage played one of his tracks and uh yeah he's a good friend of mine as well
1: <laughs> nice all right um speak of collabs that woolly collab we heard that today you can't i don't know if you can speak much on it but what can you say about it
2: yeah it's something we've been working on now for a few months at this point we've kind of like just put it aside not really finished it but i'll have to hit him up and be like hey let's finish this song <laughs> so yeah i really like that one it's fun
1: yeah and obviously you have your collab with Subtronics, um, you have Cranked At, Tynan. Tynan played here yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. she just played a bunch of edits and played your song as well. But, uh, yeah, and you have future collabs with Pixel Terror, Luca Lush.
2: Yes, yeah, I got a lot of stuff lined up. I don't know how you knew about those, oh, but yes.
1: And, uh, scouring social media today. Yeah, right. I was like, no, <laughs> let's look. let's look at... Um, you know, just history lessons.
2: Yeah. I've got one with Pixel Terror, one with Luca Lush. I've been working on one with Wooly. You already said that. Yeah. Um, a few more that I can't mention. Don't, yet. don't
1: mention anything else. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody else.
2: Yeah. yeah. But I've been working on plenty of stuff for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about touring because last year we were like in the middle of the Panda, like in the middle, middle of the Panty D as everybody would call it. <laughs> um, and you, you were doing, um, the drive-in shows with riots Hand subtronics um tell me about that and how you feel like going into this year with you know playing big crowds like in person
2: yeah it's a big difference and I really prefer like the in-person energy versus drive-ins like it was great to have drive-ins as a way to do shows during the pandemic when we weren't really able to meet in large groups at a time um but it's just not really the same because like people in cars sometimes it was just radio so like the sound was not the same um Everyone was sectioned off, so you don't really get that energy of people just being together in one group. and so I'm glad that we're able to do this again where we can like just get up in one big group and have fun.
1: yeah no we're, well, we're still in it, but like we, we never know when we're gonna get out.
2: yeah, so. we'll see. yeah, we'll, feel we'll see it out. <laughs> but
1: before that, like, you were still building up your name as Ace aura,
2: yeah, for sure. It was really weird how the timing of things worked out with that like um. Before the pandemic, I was about to go on tour with Ulaile and Ominous actually, Ooh. and then of course because of the pandemic that all got destroyed and that didn't happen. So it was really sad. But then um, a couple months later, um, United Talent Agency, uh, Jake Bernstein, my booking agent, reached out to my manager and was like, "Hey, we found Aesora's music. We really like it. Could we get on a call to discuss like booking?" And I was like, "Wow, that's really cool." So they did that. Then we got it all set up, and now I've been playing shows and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And soon you're playing lost lands how do you
2: feel about that it's a big deal that is still surreal to me like i've never been to a lost lands like um, i
1: haven't either so (laughs) yeah
2: this will be my first time going and playing but like it's been a goal of mine for a really long time like i remember in um like just years past like wanting to be on that like list of people that like you vote for for the lost lands lineup and then happened this year and then i got booked for it so
1: yeah that, yeah. that is great and I'm, I'm proud of you for that Thank and you. obviously a lot of other uh small artists are on there as well you know excision's been building up since he released subsidia oh yeah last year and like he's been building up small artists and then you know every like you see i've seen like a lot of small artists from here in new york get on here i know Revlo from here is on uh lost lands genie uh, she built her name up so like well in the past year
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah like that's big deal for you and big deal for a lot of others
2: yeah I'm super excited about it like it's weird being like on these shows and like meeting artists that I've like looked up to for so long it just doesn't feel real sometimes but I'm super like grateful for the opportunity and glad I get to do it
1: and it just happened so quick you were like yeah. it, it rose like you rose last year and then when like all these lineups came out. I saw your name on Forbidden Kingdom, Electric Zoo, uh, Lost Lands, other lineups, it just, it just shot up.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was just like really quick too. Is it was very uh, coincidental that it lined up with my ending school as well? I was uh, studying computer science at the University of Texas at Dallas up until December is when I graduated. And so it lined up perfectly where like, right as I graduated was the time like I was able to do music full time as a career and I didn't have to like get a job in computer science. So yeah, that worked out really well.
1: Lucky you. Yeah. If you get to do what you love for life, you're set.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: if you like someone said to me, if you love what you do, you don't have to work a day in
2: life. Yeah. I mean, that is mostly true. Um, (laughs) It's interesting because uh, doing music as a career feels very different than doing music as a hobby. Um, It feels like there's more pressure sometimes, which makes it a little bit harder to make music that I feel satisfied with and kind of like find enjoyment in making music. But that's still something I'm, like, trying to work through and, like, figure out as time goes on.
1: So. Yeah, but you're still not, like, the desk making music. Like, uh, oh,
2: yeah, I much prefer this.
1: Click, click, and just, like, go on, like, whatever, Ableton or FL Studio, yeah. whatever you ma- make music on to, Like oh, uh, just, like, long process. But, like, at least you love what you do, honestly.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I would much prefer doing this, being able to, like, make music and, like, meet people and play shows as my career than, like, sitting at a desk all day. Yeah. So.
1: Well, speaking of music... You released a um, I a sound design thing on oh what's it called Splice? Yes. Um, with Chime. Yes. I, I did. was working with Chime on that.
2: It was really cool. Chime's been a friend of mine for a while as well. He was kind of one of the um, first people to give me a chance as far as like releasing on a label. I released on his label Rushdown in like 2018, um, and did a few releases with him. And he's been like almost like a mentor for me for a while because he's like been more established for a while, and I was still trying to figure out what being in the scene kind of, like, looks like and all of that stuff. And then uh, we got the opportunity from Disciple. They said, hey, we want to make a Melodic Rhythm sample pack. Do you guys want to do it? And we we're like, yeah, of course. And so um, we just worked on, like, samples for a few months and then, like, put them together in a pack and that's, that's that. Nice. I
1: mean, Chime's been, like, one of the kind of OGs in the Melodic Rhythm game. So, I mean,
2: you've obviously, like, you, were, you helped, like, shoot that up into mainstream, too. Gotcha. Yeah. Chime has been, like, He was definitely one of my inspirations when I was kind of developing my sound and figuring out what I wanted to do with combining, like, melodic and heavy stuff. Um, Yeah, he's just a great dude.
1: Yeah. Um, So, obviously, melodic rhythm is your thing, and you play a lot of dubstep and rhythm and all that. I've heard a wave track today. Was that from Haimanu?
2: Probably, yeah. Yeah. I played a few of his tracks. I played some of Dead Crow's tracks as well. I like to play a lot of hard wave in my sets. It adds a little bit of variation, and I just, like, love the style of it, so...
1: Yeah, Hardwave's, like, a big future thing, and obviously it's, like, the Cyberpunk 2099 or some kind
2: of stuff like that. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Like, I like having those kind of different elements to my set. Like, if it's all dubstep, even if it's all, like, melodic stuff, I feel like it gets kind of tiring. Um, But having that, like, Hardwave stuff sprinkled in there kind of creates a sense of just, like, variation throughout, and it kind of, like, complements everything else well. Like, um, in order for the high-energy moments to feel high energy, you have to have, like, lower, more chill moments, too. So, Yeah. yeah, I think it works well.
1: Um, and obviously you're coming off the release of your Gemworld EP. It's a big deal for you, it is uh, Never Say Die.
2: Yes, correct. Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, working with Never Say Die was really cool. That's been a goal of mine for a while as well. Just um, seeing artists like Zomboy and uh, Must Die come up there. I always wanted to like release there. And then we got the opportunity to do so very recently with Gemworld. Um, I think my manager reached out and saw if they were interested in any of my work in progress and stuff. And then they're like, yeah, we definitely want an EP. So I kind of like finished some of those tracks that we sent them. And then that's what uh Gemworld was.
1: Yeah, nice. So I'm just going to do a couple of kind of quick fire ones. And oh then boy. we'll end it out. Um, I want to ask you, seeing your Instagram, you are, you love to be yourself. And yes. you just, you know, just post like whatever stuff you're doing during the day. Yep. Um, like, how do you maintain being yourself on social media? just I mean just around like everything because I know I've heard you don't like social media that much
2: yeah it's interesting I use social media kind of because it's a good way to connect with fans and like keep people in the loop with what you're doing if they want to like keep up with it um I think as far as being myself it's just something that mostly just happens naturally like um at least not in the past like five years I haven't really felt like I had to be someone that I wasn't um I just like to showcase different parts of myself and like put that on social media like things like working out um i'm not as consistent as i'd like to be with that but i'll post about it sometimes uh, he doesn't my faith, do leg like day yeah i do leg like day that. that's why my legs are sore today actually it's bad um christianity like i'm a christian that's a really big part of my brand and i like try to keep that as like a, a thing that i like, put out there and like make known to the world um that kind of stuff and so i like to put my fiance on there as well because she's amazing and beautiful and i like to show her off so yeah
1: Congratulations, by the way, on the uh, proposal. Yeah. I saw that the other day.
2: I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we got engaged on the day that I played the Red Rocks yeah. show with Subtronics. So.
1: Denver is always a great place to uh, propose to someone, or Colorado, just in general.
2: Oh, yeah, I it was know. really beautiful. Like That was only my second or third time in Colorado, but um, I was there with a few friends, and they helped me put together, like, going up in the mountains and then proposing. It was really cool.
1: Nice. So, we're out here in New York. We're at Electric Zoo. Um, have you been around New York so far today, or have you been around New York this weekend?
2: Not much, so uh, where I'm staying right now is in New Jersey with a friend. And um, so we went to, I think a hibachi place yesterday for the first time, I had never been before. It was really fun. Um, But I I don't really have a lot of time to like explore. I'm kind of leaving tomorrow morning. And so um, Electric Zoo is kind of the thing that I just like came here for. I've been to New York one other time. That was in my junior year of high school. Uh, I was in the marching band program at uh, my school. And we did a band trip down to New York. And it was really cool.
1: Nice. Well, if you go anywhere for pizza. Best pizza in Brooklyn. Well, you're playing after show tonight. It is yeah. kind of close by. But we'll save that for later. I have a few more questions on this lightning round. Okay. Um, I have to ask this Crazy Frog uh, edit. <laughs> to, like, it is the funniest thing I've ever... Like, Crazy Frog is just, like, a meme itself. Of course. Yeah. And, like, it's just... You could use it anywhere. Electric Hawk obviously uses it all the time. (laughs) But that edit edit actually sounds really good.
2: Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, I was, like, at a friend's place when I made that because I was, like, kind of in a moment where I had, like, a bad writer's block, and I was like, I don't know what to make. I don't feel satisfied with anything I am making. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, like, remix something that's really fun and stupid just to do it. And so I, like, I think my sister reminded me of, like, Crazy Frog a couple days before, and I was like, I'm just going to make an edit of, like, crazy Frog's axle f cover and then i did so yeah. i like to play it at all my sets it's a fun one
1: i mean a lot of artists do play those edits like those fun edits and you know you like you obviously did play the crazy frog and uh yesterday when i was at tiny and he just played the super mario drum and bass i was like oh my <laughs> god what is this he's like we're gonna take a break during the set and then he just goes out with Mario Brothers drum and bass. I just love the stupid edits like that. It's the funniest thing.
2: Yeah, it's so much fun. I think it's an important tool for, like, artists as well, because sometimes making music does kind of feel like a drag sometimes. Like, it's what we love to do, but it's not always a fun thing. And so, like, doing things to make it fun, like remixing really stupid songs just for the fun of it is, like, it's important, and I think it's fun.
1: Yeah. All right. So I have one more question for you on this quick fire round, then we're going to wrap it up. Um, so... You're on an island. You know, the three things you bring on an island question?
2: Oh, boy. Just three things.
1: Uh, no. It's not going to be three things. It's going to be three sets you've listened to in your life. Your three favorite sets. That's all you listen to on an island.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. That's difficult. So i got three sets to choose from that I can bring on an island. Yep. Like, that's the only things I listen to. Yeah. Got it. Ooh. I'm going to say Schism's Never Say Die 100 mix. It's definitely one of them. The other two are going to be really difficult. I think maybe um, AFK and Sudden Deaths. I think it was like an EDC set. Uh, maybe like 2018, I believe. Uh, and then one other. That's so difficult. I think maybe one of Must Die's sets from his tour in 2019. Yeah. That'd have to be mine.
1: Yeah. It is a hard decision. I, I ask that a lot. And yeah. um, my. Uh, other podcaster tony uh we we ask that all the time so it's like oh uh they they all come up with like three unique like different ones and like you know schism i've heard of the um afk uh edc set yeah really good um and must die obviously must die you can't miss it it's always
2: good yeah yeah (laughs) all right
1: let's get to do it here from electric zoo um you have anything else to say ace thank you for having me
2: And uh, everyone who's listening, I hope you have a great day, and don't forget to drink water.
1: That is a very important message for everybody. All right. Have a great day, Hawklings. We love you.
0: And that does it for our second ever live from episode of Electric Talk. We want to shout out Electric Zoo for letting us come and interview Ace Aura. We want to definitely shout out Ace Aura for, you know, sitting down, standing up with Sean. Shout out Ace Aura's team, and... Have a great day. This is Tony from Electric Talk. We want to thank you for stopping by. And watch out for what we got coming up next because it's pretty hot.